0: For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before, for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. There is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before, for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. Now this passage deals with the difference between the Old Testament priesthood and the priesthood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The commandment going before referred to in this verse 18 uh, means the preceding commandment and it refers to the Old Testament laws concerning the Levitical priesthood. With the coming of Christ these laws have now been disannulled, cancelled, set aside, done away with. They had formally stated, for example, that priests can only be members of the tribe of Levi. These laws had also required a continuous repetition of sacrificial activity every single day the priest had to sprinkle the blood of sacrificial beasts upon the altar in the temple every day when this letter is written the date is around ad 68 and within 2 years the temple will be destroyed and it will be removed from Israel's presence forevermore. So, the former commandments or body of law relating to the temple worship are now being laid aside. They are no longer in force, they have been disannulled. The Hebrew Christians must realize that a new order is coming into being. The preceding commandment concerning the temple worship and the priesthood has been made void. Because as we read here in verse 18, it was weak and unprofitable. It had a temporary use and God employed it to great effect for a temporary period But now in relation to what has replaced it. It is weak and unprofitable. You see we must remember. That we are Christians. We are not Jews. We are under the new covenant. Not the old covenant. And so we do not return. To Old Testament practices. And so. Christians do not celebrate the Passover because Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Now the disannulling of the former commandments does not mean that they were bad or without any use. But the point is that the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ has now superseded the former usefulness of the Mosaic regulations about the priesthood. The body of commandments concerning the Old Testament sacrifices were only ever of a prophetic and preparatory nature. And so, as Christians, we have a duty not to remain at the preparatory stage, as if we've not come into the full light of the fulfilment. The Old Testament ordinances were deliberately decreed by God to be temporary. In anticipation of a future completion and consummation when Christ should come. So these former laws were but shadows the substance of which has now arrived. Now a good number of our Christian brethren and we are close friends with them think that Christians should only sing the psalms because they argue that the psalms are inspired whereas hymns are not inspired. But what they are in fact saying and we love and respect these brethren but you see the psalms can only speak in terms of shadow and substance and type of a fullness That is to come. And that is why we use our own words according to biblical principles, because the full light has now come and we sing hymns, because we no longer deal in types and shadows, we speak of what has come. We are now in the full light of day. And so we must not return to the relatively dark beginnings of the dawn. So, uh, says the author to the Hebrews here, there is now a disannulling of the commandment going before. These Jewish Christians, who are being persecuted for their faith, are thinking about a return to their former practices and their former Judaism because of the pressures of persecution but God has superseded the former manner of worship. So we read in verse 19 here, for the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did. And so Christians should never remotely think about the temple in Jerusalem being rebuilt because we've moved on to something far, far better we are the temple of God. We do not need a physical building in Jerusalem. The former law regarding the priesthood and its activities was never an end in itself but a symbolic foreshadowing of something future which would be far better. The Old Testament sacrifices did not in and of themselves take away sin. They did not in and of themselves make clean and perfect in the sight of God. They did not possess that innate efficiency. They were effective only in their relation to what Christ, who would come, would subsequently do. It's the blood of Christ which cleanses from sin, not animal sacrifices. Now, the temple sacrifices for a period of history were valuable. They taught the Israelite that the shedding of blood was essential for the atonement of sin. They also taught the principle of penal substitution the need for another to shed his blood in the sinner's place for sins to be forgiven. The former ordinances of the Old Testament merely looked forward to the ultimate ordinance which was Christ's own death, the Lamb of God, the true Passover Lamb, shedding his blood to take away the sins of the world. Even in Old Testament times, it was Christ's shed blood, still in historical terms, future, which saved men from their sins, rather than the Mosaic sacrifices themselves. This is why the scriptures speak of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Because our Lord's death has a universal application over time. The Old Testament saints were forgiven through the shed blood of Christ. So we read in this verse 19, the Old Testament ordinances, the law, made nothing perfect. But the bringing in of a better hope does make perfect. The Lord Jesus Christ is the better hope. And so uh, we are told here at the end of verse 19. Concerning this better hope by the which we draw nigh unto God. By Christ the better hope. The sinner draws nigh unto God, and there's no other way to draw near to God. No other way. Christ gives the sinner a hope which the former sacrifices on their own could never give. It is Christ who makes the sinner perfect, washing him thoroughly clean. A person today must rest in Jesus Christ and his shed blood for the forgiveness of sin. There is no other way. You see, this is what we so often try and explain to Muslims when we're witnessing in the high street. They say, oh, well, Allah will be merciful to me. But on what basis? There can only be forgiveness through the shedding of blood. And so, no one today should rest in any ritual performed by a human priest at a man made altar. And that is why we reject the Roman Catholic Mass, because it is a sacrifice at an altar. There should be no altars in churches, it's impossible. In many an Anglican church, they call that table at the front an altar, but they should not do so. It's contrary to Anglican teaching. It's the Lord's table. The prayer book calls it the Lord's table. It's not an altar. Calvary is our only altar. We do not need any man-made altar. And we need no human priests to stand by altars. Of course, the Bible does teach the priesthood of all believers. In that sense, every Christian is a priest because we all have direct access to God through our great high priest. But a pastor, a minister, is not a priest. Make no mistake that that's a completely wrong use of the word. Christians have only one priest. The Lord Jesus Christ. And so Christian ministers should not be called in their official capacity priests. That is not biblical. Christ is the only priest. Calvary is the only altar. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ, in fact, belongs to a completely different order of priests to those in the Old Testament period. Uh, He belongs to an order of priests called the Order of Melchizedek. And that is not of the tribe of Levi. And so Christ's priesthood is not the Old Testament priesthood. It's unique. Now we're told in verse 20 here. And inasmuch as not without an oath he was made priest, referring to our Lord. Not without an oath he was made priest. Now here it is being explained to us that our Lord has a unique priestly status Compared to the Old Testament priests. His priesthood is on a completely different level. The Old Testament priests were appointed by means of the ceremonial law which God gave to Moses, a law which by its very nature was not permanent. Now, this law stated that only the sons of Aaron of the tribe of Levi could hold the priestly office. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ was appointed priest by his heavenly father, not by that law. But rather by the oath of God the father himself. By the father's solemn word and decree. And this was an appointment to priesthood outside of the tribe of Levi. And apart from the sons of Aaron. The Lord Jesus Christ is of the tribe of Judah. And God's oath concerning our Lord's priesthood is permanent and irrevocable. Unlike the temporary law of Moses which appointed the Levitical priests. And so we read uh, in verse 21 here of the Old Testament priests. For those priests were made without an oath. The Levitical priests were appointed not by a solemn oath-taking of God himself, but according to the general principles laid down in the law of Moses. Principles based on possessing a family relationship within the tribe of Levi. The Old Testament priests also inevitably only held their offices temporarily because obviously they would all one day die. So the Levitical Old Testament priest was not appointed by a specific decree of God concerning him as an individual. In contrast, the Lord Jesus Christ was appointed To his priesthood by the solemn oath of God concerning him personally. So verse 21 continues. But this was an oath by him that said unto him. The Lord swear and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, not after the order of Levi, not after the order of the sons of Aaron. So our Lord's priesthood is based on the Father's oath, that he would not be a temporary priest according to the Levitical order, but an eternal priest according to the order of of Melchizedek. Who is Melchizedek? He was the priest of whom we read in Genesis chapter 14, who on one occasion blessed Abraham and received tithes from Abraham. Now, we read here in verse 21 that God will not repent concerning his oath, appointing Christ as high priest. He will not rescind this decree. The Lord Jesus Christ alone is the true priest for sinful men for all time. He is the unique mediator between God and man. He alone is the true Melchizedek. The one who alone embodies what Melchizedek in Abraham's time foreshadowed. <clears throat> so when we read of Melchizedek in Genesis 14, we have a prophecy of Christ. Christ is the true Melchizedek. The word Melchizedek means, in Hebrew, the king of righteousness. Now, that first Melchizedek was not only a priest of the one true God, but also a king. He was king of the Canaanite city of Salem, Now, generally, of course, the Canaanites were not believers in the one true God. But Melchizedek was, despite the majority around him. And God had uniquely appointed him as his priest by a solemn decree, long before Israel existed as a nation. And long before the law of Moses required that the priests had to belong to the tribe of Levi. Melchizedek then lived centuries before Aaron was even born. But he, in his royal priesthood, remember Melchizedek was a king as well, devoid of Levitical connections, he prefigures the priesthood of Christ. Now, Melchizedek, of whom we read in Genesis 14, did not pass on his priesthood to any offspring. And nor does the Lord Jesus Christ, because he holds the office of priest as long as this world shall last. He is priest forever. And that means that he is the only priest of whom sinful men can avail themselves today. Jesus Christ is the only path to God. He is the only mediator between man and God. No other prophet or priest of any other religion is able to fulfil this role. nor can so-called Christian priests because there is no such office in the New Testament church of priest. The only priest still functioning in New Testament times is the one who now intercedes for men from his heavenly throne, the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 2 and verse 5, there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. What is a mediator? It's the role of the priest. There is one mediator, one priest between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. We further read of our Lord in verse 22 here By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. By so much. By nothing less than God's solemn oath, the Lord Jesus is now made the surety or the guarantor of a better testament. A surety is one who makes a guarantee on behalf of others. Christ guarantees in his role as priest, That sinners will be forgiven and brought into God's presence through him. Christ's life, death and resurrection guarantee the believer's salvation. When a man dies, his testament, his will, conveys benefits to certain people on certain terms. Jesus has died and he ensures that the terms of his will are met and that the benefits of it are conveyed. He is the surety, the one who guarantees his own last will and testament. And this testament Is better than the Old Testament based on the law of Moses which required the shedding of blood of sacrificial beasts that system was operated by the priests of Levi it was inferior because it was temporary it was inferior because it was symbolic and not the ultimate reality it was inferior Because it was to be superseded by what it foreshadowed, namely the sacrificial death of the Lord Jesus Christ. In reality, it is not the blood of bulls and goats on altars of stone which takes away sin. It is only the blood of Jesus Christ which takes away sin. In various religions of the world people engage in a form of self-mutilation in order to try and make their peace with their gods. They cut themselves, they shed blood hoping that they somehow by such an act can enter into God's presence. But the blood of a sinful human being will not bring anyone into God's holy presence. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can do that. Now, the Old Testament was good and wonderful and God-given in its day. It was full of hope. And we are always studying the Old Testament. But now a better hope has been brought in with Christ's appearing. You see, The Hebrew Christians must not stay with the former shadows. They no longer need an earthly Levitical priesthood, sacrificing animals. They no longer need a physical temple. They no longer need a specific land in which to worship God. Because Christ, the true Melchizedek, has now come. He has made the perfect, once for all time, sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Ephesians 2 verse 13. Now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Romans 5.12 We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. You see, the Old Testament priests could never grant such an access. They only foreshadowed the access which the Lord Jesus Christ Gives to the believer in him. Verse 23 And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. So there were numerous priests in the Old Testament period because they kept on dying and had to be replaced. They were mere mortals. And at times their sinful natures would also prevent them from performing their functions properly as we see for example with the sons of Eli. They were priests but God decreed that through their sin they were unfit to carry out their office. So in Old Testament times there were large numbers of priests across many generations but now there is only one high priest who lives forever. He alone is able to bring the sinner into the presence of God. Man has no merit of his own to bring himself into fellowship with God. It's remarkable. When we preach in the open air and we speak to people, how many people, when we ask them, say they think that they are good people. They have no awareness of their innate sinfulness. And so they actually believe that they are basically good when the word of God says the exact opposite. No one is good enough to get into God's presence without the representation of the spotless, sinless son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, every sinful human being needs one who is also fully human yet without sin to represent him before God. No Old Testament priest could fit that qualification. They were sinful mortals who died. This is what verse 23 tells us. But in contrast, we read in verse 24, but this man cried because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. The Lord Jesus Christ, mankind's only true priest, has ascended into heaven and will never die. His office will never be passed on or delegated to any other. He is the only representative of mankind before God. He alone is able to bring the sinner into the presence of God. And God has sworn and will not retract that Christ alone is the only means of access to him. The Lord Jesus Christ is the true Melchizedek, the true king of righteousness. The Lord Jesus reigns from his heavenly throne and through his perfect righteousness as a representative man, he is able to act as the high priest to all who turn from sin and trust in him. So we read in verse 25 here of our Lord, wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Salvation was obtained through the Old Testament priests only as it were by proxy, only by looking forwards to Christ. Yes, those who truly repented and believed in the Saviour to come in Old Testament times were saved. But only through what Christ Would subsequently do. Those Old Testament priests merely prefigured him who was to come. Likewise, today, priests standing at altars cannot save anyone from their sins. They, like the former Levitical priests, are sinners themselves and need to make atonement for their own sins let alone the rest of the people. The Lord Jesus Christ, however, actually saves the sinner and is able to do so completely and perfectly. Notice that expression in verse 25. He is able to save them to the uttermost. Whatever a person has done in the past, Christ cleanses and forgives. So Christians should never hold someone's past against them if they claim to believe in grace. Isaiah 1, verse 18. Though your sins be a scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The Lord Jesus Christ makes the sinner completely clean and acceptable to God. As our high priest, he offers up the perfect sacrifice of himself. A spotless, sinless man Bearing the sins of other men on their behalf. Unlike earthly priests. Christ is without sin and Christ never dies. He is in heaven. Interceding to the Father on behalf of those who come to him for mercy. No one else is fit enough. To represent men before the Holy God but Jesus Christ. No other religion has a priest or prophet who ever lives and who is without sin. We were discussing in Oxbridge on Friday with a Muslim. Was Muhammad without sin? And of course we endeavoured to explain that uh, there is no prophet of any religion who is without sin except... The Lord Jesus Christ. He right now is at the Father's right hand making representations for sinners. He is in heaven at this very moment, applying to each repentant individual the benefits of his perfect life and sacrifice. And he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. The gospel declares that there is a high priest able to represent every sinner, able to bring every sinner into God's holy presence. Not sinners who claim a certain respectability as well, but wretched sinners he brings into God's holy presence. Let us note that this verse 25 tells us that Christ only saves those who actually come to God through him. The salvation is not automatic. He is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. And the great tragedy is is that many refuse to come because in the pride of their hearts they think that they are good people. The Lord Jesus Christ is the great priestly mediator for all mankind. But he only actually saves those who actually come to him. Repenting of their sin. And trusting in him for mercy. Let all sinful people today therefore realise, and that means the whole of mankind. Let them realise that there is no priest in all the world who can help them. And bring them to God, but the unique High Priest, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.